Welcome back to Social Soul Podcast. My name is Jess. And I'm Haley. Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a life update. Yeah. Jessica has me nervous for this episode because she's like, I have some tea to spill. I have some things I need to tell you. But we haven't seen each other or really like caught up. I feel like in probably almost two weeks um, just because we both had so much going on. So I'm excited to kind of hear what's going on. Yeah. So I a couple things happened that obviously Haley's my best friend. I tell her everything. So like when things happen, usually she knows right away, but she was not here at the house. She was away. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do my best to wait until we sit down to record to tell her these things. But it's literally killing me inside to not tell you these things. Um, It's like in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing like crazy or like bad or anything like that, but just definitely some gossip that you're going to (laughs) love. I, cause you told me you're like, I have some tea to spill on the episode and I've been trying to figure out <laughs> what it could potentially be. So I definitely have some theories. Um, okay. I'm, I'm so curious what you think it is actually. Well, I was just wondering if like an old friend had like reached out or something like that. That's one thing that I was thinking about. And then I'm like, is this, is there like boy drama? I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Well, you're kind of on the right track with both of those things. Oh, shit. Okay, 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 okay. So I'll tell you what happened. So I was in the kitchen cooking dinner, minding my own business, and I get a notification on my phone. And I see somebody's name who hasn't popped up on my phone in a very long time pop up. And I, my instant reaction was, what the fuck? Is it Lance? (laughs) So get this. This is the text message. I'm going to read it to you. Tuesday at 5.10 p.m. I'm a douchebag. You deserve much better and at least an explanation. There are no excuses. If you're open to connecting, I'd love to. From Lance. And if you listen to a previous episode, you know who Lance is. It literally says... Lance. He listened to the podcast episode. (laughs) Oh my God. That is so funny that it's literally signed Lance and that's not even his real fucking name. Why did he listen to that podcast episode? So at first, when this said from Lance, like clearly I have him saved in my phone, I literally in my head, I'm like, who the fuck is Lance? Why would he say from Lance? Literally, it did not click in my head until like 2 a.m. this morning. Are you serious? Yeah, I was like so confused. I could not put together why he called himself Lance. That's so f- I I fucking knew right I know. away. <laughs> and I don't know why it took me so long. I just didn't even think about it until I was laying in bed. And then I was like, I literally was like half asleep. I realized it. And then I literally like sat up in bed and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I like started laughing to myself because I'm like. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> this is absolutely crazy. I literally was saying to myself, I'm like, what the fuck did I say? Do I even want to go back and listen now and know what he listened to? Because I don't remember everything that I said, right? I said it and like I was like, whatever at the time, but now I'm like, oh my god, what did I say about him? I don't remember. Well, I, I think it wasn't it... too like cruel, but then again, fuck it, that was the reason I did it. So. No, I don't think that it was anything fucked up. It was more so that he just kind of like blew you off as a friend, and you thought you were better friends than that. Um, so get this, this is what I replied with at five twelve. Okay, so you replied right after getting the text. I said, "Who's Lance?" Because I didn't put it together. I was like, why the fuck did you call yourself Lance? This is so confusing. And then he responds, you're telling me there's another guy that took you to a bunch of Silver Tips games and then ghosted you? (laughs) (laughs) I still didn't put it together. I was just like, what? Oh, God. Yeah, so funny. Um, And so then you... So I'll read the rest of the conversation because it's not very long and might as well spill it all. So I responded and I said, I thought we were friends first and foremost, but clearly we, w- we weren't since you exiled me from your life just because you got into a relationship. 
And he said, you're right to be upset. What I did was totally unacceptable and exactly the opposite of what we had talked about so many times. Maybe we could talk sometime, question mark. If nothing else, you can call me all the nasty things I've earned and get it off your chest. So at this point, my next thought, which I texted and asked, was, are you currently single? In which he responded, yes. So then my response, I'm going to politely decline. This isn't the first time you've you've done this to me, unfortunately, and I'm not going to fool myself into thinking it won't happen again when you get a new woman. Truthfully, I still wanted you in my life, whether you had a significant other or I did, and it hurt me a fucking lot to learn that our friendship meant nothing to you. I'm not going back there again. And then he said, I understand that. For what it's worth, which may not be much, it was never you. I handled a lot of things really poorly and realized if I had tried to communicate those and still botched them, I at least could have given you the respect that you deserve. But you're absolutely right to know your worth and not put up what bullsh- with bullshit beneath you. And then he ends it, I'm happy for you. Okay. I'm happy for you? What the fuck does that even mean? Well, probably in your current relationship and, like, with your plan to move to Arizona. But I don't even know if he knows that stuff because he's, like... He's obviously <laughs> listening to the podcast. True, but I guess I just... I don't really know exactly what all he knows, so I'm, like, mm-hmm. you're Is- happy for me that I'm... I took it as, like, you're happy for me that I'm telling you to fuck off. Oh. Like, no, what? That's I, confusing. No. <laughs> I, I mean, I would take it like he's happy for you, like, your relationship and your plans moving forward. Is he still on your Instagram? Like, does he still follow you or have you blocked he's, him? He's, like, or? not on social media. Okay. He never has been. Okay. Like, I think he has an Instagram account out there that he created, but, like, he was never... Like, he, like, never went on Instagram. He's not on Facebook. He's not on anything. And he, like, never has been. So that's why I'm saying is, like, I don't know what he knows. Besides the fact that he listened to that one fucking episode. I know that now. You know, whenever we have male listeners on the podcast, I'm always like, these are definitely guys Jessica's dated. (laughs) Like. Oh, my God. Okay. So I will put it out there, though. I did tell Steven about this Mm -hmm. because I was obviously, like, very uncomfortable and I just didn't want him to, like, think that I was, like, texting some dude behind mm-hmm. his back. Because, obviously, I, like, wanted to kind of hear a little bit from him. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want it to make Steven uncomfortable. So, obviously, I told him. And he knows about this guy. Like, we had already had a previous discussion about this yeah. guy. Um, and so, like, I told him, like, hey, I just randomly got this text. Blah, blah, blah. I just wanted you to, like, know that this is happening. He was, like, totally fine about it. But... Just in case people are out there wondering if Steven knows what's going on, he does know the whole story. And Steven also listens to the podcast. Yeah, and he also listens to the podcast, so, and I had to share it, so. Um, so I never responded to that last text. I was just like, okay, cool, you're happy for me. Bye. <laughs> never said anything. Woke up this morning to a text at 6 o'clock a.m. That is this long. Oh, shit. Literally the entire length of my screen was the text I got this morning. So I'll read you guys that one too, because why not read you the rest of it? So this one says, I told myself I was going to let you go, but fuck it. Here here it goes. I never stopped caring about you or our friendship. Easy to say, I know. At a point, the expectation became that the next time we spoke, I would write you off for good. That's what she needed to feel comfortable. That was a huge red flag for me and one of the pillar issues of our relationship. I couldn't bring myself to do it, but I didn't feel right still communicating with you while I knew it made her uncomfortable. So I did nothing. I ignored you and continued to fight with her about a myriad of things, not just this, but never did the right thing. None of this matters now. I know how I've treated you and I know that is mine to carry, but I'm not walking away without trying. I'm sorry. You didn't deserve that. You're one of the most inspiring people I know. You give your all to people and you keep getting shit on in return. (laughs) These are my issues, not yours. If nothing else, know that. Okay. Ugh. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, what's frustrating though is like, I know that's what was going on. Mm Mm-hmm. But you just wish he could have communicated. But then I just wish you would have been man enough to admit it because it's like, I'm a woman. I know that yeah. other woman can make you uncomfortable in a relationship. I've been there. I've yeah. had guys. I've been with guys that have close girlfriends and I'm like, this is fucking weird. I don't know if I like this. Yeah. 
like I get it. And if he would have just communicated that with me, then I would have been like, okay, like I'll keep my distance. You guys can figure it out. You know what I mean? Like I would have respected that. Yeah. It's just the fact that I wasn't like given any discussion about it and I was just cut off from his life that makes me so angry it's so interesting too because it sounds like she wanted him to have a conversation and to cut things off with you but he never had the conversation because he couldn't apparently yeah and then I'm just like is he hoping to be your friend like at the end of this because I mean I'm like what are the intentions it almost sounds like he's like confessing that he like likes you (laughs) I don't know about that I feel like he's a smooth talker yeah so I feel like it can come off like that with him but it never fucking means that yeah I know him well enough for that um so I definitely don't take it as like him confessing his love for me and anything I just think it's annoying as shit that he's currently single and now saying this yeah because it's like I can't take any of it seriously I can't actually like believe you Mm mm-hmm like, oh, you're just single and fucking lonely and then you want me to hang out with again. Yeah. Like, you do this every fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So I didn't reply to that, obviously, because I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to say. But moral of the story, it's fucking hysterical that he called himself Lance. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't pick up on it <laughs> until like 12 hours later. Wow. There's so many things I want to say to him. But they're all angry things. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, it's just not even, like, worth it Mm -hmm. to even, I don't know. Yeah. Even start it. I will say props to him for at least communicating to you. But also, like, now. I know it's, like, way too fucking late now. Yeah. But also respecting his relationship in a way, too. And, I mean, we all have to kind of do things in our own time. So I can kind of see where he's coming from with reaching out to you now that he is single. But I totally understand why it infuriates you and raises questions. And So the whole, like, obviously, like I said earlier, I understand the having to respect your relationship. And, like, that can be awkward at times. Um, But the part of it that is so annoying, which he mentioned in his text because he fucking knows... We were hanging out when he met this girl Mm -hmm. and he had started hanging out with her and he had told me about her Mm -hmm. and we had then drawn the line of like, cause we were, you know, friends with benefits. Like we were both single. So we'd hook up as soon as he started to be interested in her. We both agreed. Okay. Like no more. Mm -hmm. Like you need to focus on her. We still hung out for a little bit and I knew she was in the picture and I constantly asked him, is she okay with you taking me to the silver tips game and he was like yeah you know like she thinks it's a little bit odd because she knows that we've like hooked up in the past but like she knows you're my friend too and I want to try to maintain that like we had had these conversations and I had we had had long conversations about them and I had told him you need to let me know if she's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because I don't want to make her uncomfortable and it sounds like he was pushing that boundary yeah and I'm like she was uncomfortable but he was still trying to yeah and so it's like I was trying to maintain that respect and like give that respect to it and and I was willing to back off if that's what needed to happen but he Mm -hmm. just didn't fucking communicate that to me and he was just like no it's all fucking rainbows and butterflies (laughs) like everything's fine well you even tried to like hang out with them yes yes on like when you had gotten into your relationship Mm -hmm. so it's not like you were being disrespectful to her you were trying to be as respectful as you could be considering the circumstances yes and I had I yeah I had asked him if I could meet her I and then when I got into the relationship with Steven I asked him like I would like you to meet Steven. Like I wanted to maintain the friendship Mm because the friendship was what was so important to me. You were friends from the start. Yeah. We were friends at the beginning. You know what I mean? Like that's how it started was friends. So it's just fucking frustrating. Wow. That's Uh, great. Yeah. So it's always fun. Damn. Okay. Well, now what's the other news? Oh, the other news. Okay. Do you want me to go into my other news or do you want to share something first? Let's go into your other news. Okay. My other news is that I just got confirmation that I indeed did have COVID in January. 
You took the antibody test? I did. And, and I came back positive. Wait, in Jan- Oh, that was just last month. So that's when you were in <laughs> yeah. Arizona. When I was in Arizona and I got very sick. So Steven had COVID then too. Yep. Damn. Yep. My antibodies are super high right now. I'm actually very curious like what my antibody levels are versus somebody who's like fully vaccinated. I mm-hmm. would love to know that information. Um, mine were like fucking sky high on the thing. So I was yeah. like, sweet. Um, I'm just really thankful that it actually was COVID because now I have the antibodies and I'm feeling a little bit, yeah, a little bit safer in this moment. Obviously I know they don't, I think last forever, but yeah. Damn. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I had taken a rapid test when I was sick and it came back negative. So we were like, okay, we don't really know if we have COVID because this says negative. I didn't fully trust it. I kind of knew better. But you have to kind of go with what your fucking test says because you have nothing else. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I texted him when I got the antibody result the other day. And I was like, yeah, so we had COVID. His response was, oh, shit. Yeah, I feel like I've taken several COVID tests of the at-home test just recently. Yeah. And... I mean, they've all come back negative, but it is so hard to trust that they're yeah. correct, especially when you hear something like that. Well, they say those rapid tests are like, oh, you have to be at like the perfect like peak of infection when you take it for it to actually mm. show up positive. Yeah. So it's like. Well, my sister <laughs> had taken one of them at home and then it she had like the faintest second line. Yeah. So it looked like she was positive, but then she went and did one of the, the drive through tests. I think it's yeah, PCR. I, something like that. And that came back negative. So, Weird. yeah, it's really confusing. So we were really scared that she had COVID. And then, because I'm taking care of my mom post-surgery. So did she, do you think she didn't have it now? No. I mean, she, I, she had no symptoms. Like it, Oh, she didn't. She well, had, good. like, kind of maybe a scratchy throat for, like, two days. Hmm. Um. But yeah, I didn't have a sore throat. I only had a scratchy throat. Oh, which is why I kind of was like, oh, maybe it's not COVID because people say the sore throat's like horrible. Yeah, and I never had a sore throat. But I you had, had like scratchy. fever. Yeah, I had a lot of other things too. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. It's so confusing. Yeah. The tests are very confusing. But I will tell you though, like this last two weeks of my life, I've slept more than ever and now I'm like terrified that my body is like struggling again like I've been taking three hour naps every day yeah (laughs) and I'm like I haven't done this since I was really fucking sick Mm -hmm. and so I'm like stressing now especially knowing that like long I had COVID and now I'm like fuck so I obviously I'm gonna be talking to my doctor about it and seeing what I can do to I don't know. Boost my system again. Probably gonna have to do some fucking routine again that I haven't done in a while. That's so wild. Yeah, so I'm sleepy as hell, guys. Me too. (sighs) But it's just because I have not been sleeping. (laughs) Like, I've been sleeping like shit. So I've been away from my house like three nights a week at my mom's house. Yeah, this house is very boring without you, by the way. (laughs) I just like, it sucks just not being able to be home. Um, I mean, I am grateful I'm able to take care of my mom, but it is so fucking exhausting. When we first got her home, it was like medication every like two to four hours, waking up like three times in the middle of the night to give her medicine, to give her food with her medicine. Um, it's getting so much easier now. And I had like my first good night of sleep over there just last night. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, I was like sleeping on the couch for a while and she has cats and like her dog and they just go fucking nuts at nighttime or like want to come snuggle with me and I'm like get the fuck away from me I'm trying to sleep so yeah yeah I'm grateful to be home for the weekend you're like not only taking care of your mom you're taking care of all of her animals too yeah well I'm I'm trying not to I'm like cool you can like sleep with me but these cats I swear cats at nighttime I'm like get the fuck away from me (laughs) Like, they, like, come up and try to, like, knead the blanket. Oh, I hate that shit so much. Yeah, and she has one cat that seems, like, so snuggly, but then it fucking bites your face. So I'm like, get the hell away from me. Dude, you can't trust cats. Cats scare the shit out of me for that reason. They literally will be all lovey and like, oh, my God, I love this pet so much. And then all of a sudden they just fucking turn on you. I know. 
And it's like, whoa, bro. Like, I thought we were having a moment. I know. My mom said that um, they do that because that's what they do, like, when they're feeding with their mom or something The like kneading. And the I and mean, the, the biting. Well, the biting. Because she, like, does just, like, a little bite on, like, your chin or your cheek oh. or something. But still, I'm like, they think you. your chin is the nipple. Apparently. I don't know. <laughs> is that a compliment? I don't know. <laughs> is that a cat compliment? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely been exhausting, but my mom is on the up and up. Good. She's like definitely more mobile. She's, I don't know. I feel like she's kind of recovering pretty well, but still like she can't drive for months and yeah. like prepare her own food and she's yeah is she like walking around a little bit and stuff too yeah and she has a walker that she's using um but she still needs help like up the stairs or down the stairs and even just like three stairs (laughs) like not like a ton um so yeah she's like up and mobile I have to help her shower like get in and out um and help her get dressed and stuff and then like changing her sheets every day and all of that but she got the staples out of her head the other day so it's crazy to me that they could cut your head open (laughs) and then literally like two and a half weeks later it's like healed enough to take the staples out it blows my freaking mind I just can't even wrap my head around the fact that they can put a staple in your head and then take it back out I know and I watch them take out the staples too but it was just honestly it was like removing staples from a piece of paper like exactly exactly like that but at least you can get to the other side on a piece of paper yeah but they're not like it's not like they're like bent in at the ends like I they're think just they just st- went straight in <laughs> so. still nauseating yeah I can't. my mom was freaked out to get it done but she said it wasn't that bad it just felt she like did a little okay pinch. Yeah. god I would pass the fuck out during that yeah I'd be like just knock me out now yeah <laughs> it's over with. I'll wake up when you're done yeah the surgeon was like yeah we definitely don't want you to pass out yeah <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh well I'm glad your mom's doing better she seems like she's been a trooper through this so far yeah it's it's crazy just how I'm like not working out I'm not yeah I don't know I just feel so out of my routine when I'm gone and I well, kind of hate it, but I will let you know that um, since you've been working out for me every day for the past three years, I worked out for you the other night, yes. one day in three years. <laughs> I'm glad so you did you're that. Wel- you're welcome. You got yes. your workout in through me. Yeah, no, it kills me. But <laughs> I literally, right after I worked out, too, my thighs have hurt ever since so badly, and I really need to get myself to do it again tonight too. But I'm like. Mm. Yeah, well, I was glad that you did it because I know, like, the fight or flight response that you've oh, been in. God, and yeah. I do know exercise can really help with that. Yeah. But I know how challenging exercise can be for you. So I'm never like, you should work out. Yeah, you But know, I'm glad. There's only so much weed you can smoke <laughs> <laughs> before you start to feel even shittier. Yeah. You know what I mean? And more tired. Like, you've been tired. <laughs> Like, it's so confusing because the state that my body is currently in is my body is so fatigued and feels like fucking sandbags, but Mm. my mind is like racing. I know. That's what you were saying the other day is you were like, I feel like I cannot stop. Yeah. So like every time I go to like lay down, I'm just like thinking about this, think about this, thinking about this, thinking about this. And I'm just like, okay, shut the fuck up, brain. Mm -hmm. Like, just stop. Yeah. It's like, just chill out. It's like you're anxious or something. Yeah. And I know that like I'm not a very patient person. I've probably mentioned that before on this podcast. Um, And so knowing that I'm like having, I have five more weeks until like I'm actually moving is great because I have time to get shit done, but it also drives me mentally fucking crazy when I have to wait such a long period of time for something that like I'm really, really excited about Mm -hmm. because I'm the kind of person that's like really gets stuck into like the future tripping where like all I can think about is like, okay, what is my life going to be like once I'm there? Like, what am I going to do once I'm there? Like, how am I going to like put out all my stuff in the house and like, like, you know, like you all of that stuff. It. And I can't do anything about it because I'm not there yet. Yeah. But my mind will not stop thinking about it's it. It's like this in-between phase. <sighs> yeah. It's driving me psycho. <laughs> literally. <laughs> and so I've just been in this fight or flight mode. And, you know, I smoke weed to calm myself down at night. 
but it usually only really calms my body down. It doesn't usually calm my mind down. Yeah, no, you definitely think more when you're stoned. Yeah. Like, it doesn't help yeah. stop that. So it's just like, when I'm stoned, all I do is think longer about one thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I guess it keeps me from, like, the ADHD brain thing where you go back and forth if I'm stoned, but I still can't turn my brain off. Mm-hmm. So the exercising um, the other night did help like exhaust my mind and give me like something to focus on which was nice but yeah instantly afterwards I was like I could barely walk out of the fucking room yeah I was like, oh dear god <laughs> and then I took like a bunch of supplements to help with like joint pain and muscle aches and then I took an Epsom salt bath instantly afterwards nice. and then I, d- I felt pretty good like I slept fine and then the next morning obviously I was sore and I've been sore ever since so now I just gotta convince myself to do it again even though I'm still sore that's the hardest part <laughs> Yeah, fuck. Damn. Okay, I have a question for you. Um, I wanted to see if you've been watching any good shows. Well, I've definitely been staying up to date on Euphoria, and that's an excellent show. (laughs) You know, somebody actually told me something the other day, um, because I posted something about how many penises you see on (laughs) Euphoria, right? And somebody said that they use fucking prosthetic penises. In that show. That's disappointing. <laughs> I know. So I thought that was funny. I um, mean, think about it, though. Most of the boobs you see are fake. <laughs> uh, but, like, not actually euphoria. fake. Not in Euphoria, but I mean, like, in actual TV shows. Like, yeah. Like, literally, like, are technically actually fake. But, like, you're talking about, like, somebody has fake boobs. Yeah. Not, not like, Technically, they're fake. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they're so, real. But they're real, but yeah. they're fake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I also recently started watching a show on Hulu called Single Drunk Female, and it's just about a girl who's getting sober, and it's, I like it. It's a pretty good show, so. Uh, that's a freeform show, right? I think so. I started watching it a little bit. I liked it. Yeah. I feel like it was an easy watch. Yeah. It's like a kind of comedy, like, I don't know. Those freeform shows always get me. I've always been a fan of those, just I because agree. they're, like, so... Like, they hit a lot of really controversial things sometimes, but they do it in, like, a way that makes it, like, an easy watch mm-hmm. um, in more of, like, a heartwarming type of way, I feel like, rather yeah. than, like, euphoria, which just, like, makes you depressed. But you can't fucking <laughs> stop watching it. No. It is so good. <laughs> um, and then Dollface, which is on oh, season yeah. two. That came out. I think it's I think it's on Netflix, or it might be Hulu. Um, but I've been watching that, too. I can't remember if I started that one or not. I remember you told me about it. So it's about a girl in season one. She goes bus. through a breakup. Yeah, a bus with a cat woman. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Shay Mitchell, who was in Pretty Little Liars, yeah. is in it. Um, and actually, there's a couple other people in it, like Esther Pavinsky, I think. She's a comedian. Um, and then I can't remember the other person who's in it off the top of my head, hmm. but... I think I started it, but I don't remember getting too far along in it, so I don't really remember how I felt about it. I'm, like, kind of the person that, like, starts a bunch of shows at the same time. I'll, like, watch one episode of a show that I've heard is good, and then I'll, like, be like, okay, and then try a new episode of, like, yeah. a different show, and then I'll decide out of, like, five shows which one I actually want to watch, Yeah. and then I'll, like, save the others for later. Yeah. I do that every time. It's Brenda Song. That's the other person Brenda who's Song. in it. Yes. I like her. What about you? Um, so started watching season two of Love is Blind. Me and Dustin started that, but I haven't been able to watch more because I've been gone. Okay, so I won't give you any spoilers, but all I can say is I'm not really a fan of any of the <laughs> couples. Oh. <laughs> Which is kind of sad. Yeah. Like, I feel like the first season, I at least had, like, a couple couples that I was, like, kind of rooting for. This season, I'm like, I feel like you all are terrible together. Really? Yeah. I loved watching the intro and seeing how many people were excited to go into it and have looks not be a factor. Like how freeing it actually seemed to feel for some people. I thought that that was kind of cool. Do you think you could ever do that? Yeah. I could never. I mean, I... So Haley told me I should apply for this show at one point, and I told her I would never be able to do it because I don't want to sound superficial, but, like, looks are important to me, and that's just, like, how I am. Like, I need to be very physically and sexually attracted to my partner, Mm -hmm. and I just – 
I just don't think I would be able to do it. Like yeah. if, if I walked out and they were like, no offense, but fucking ugly, I'd probably be like, shit. Yeah. I think it forces people to create that connection of like intimacy before yeah. you see the person. So, I mean, I, I would have the same reservations too. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, you want to like think that the person you're with is attractive. Um, but I think that it could force people to kind of find that attractiveness in other. And I, and I, and I understand the aspect of like forming that emotional connection and then that could make the person more attractive to you. But like, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, I would dump them. (laughs) And I'm like, maybe if we could continue on without seeing each other, it would work. (laughs) Yeah. Like long distance relationship. We only talk on the phone. (laughs) But, like, if I ultimately don't, like, if I'm ultimately not physically attracted to you, then, like, I wouldn't be able to hang around. It's yeah. Just, so you Unfortunately, be- it's a big part of, like, of a relationship for me. And I hate yeah. that it is, but it just is. And so yeah. I'm just going to be honest about that because I feel like people aren't honest about that. And so here I am. <laughs> so you wouldn't make it through to the wedding? <laughs> no. I wouldn't show up to the wedding is the moral of the uh, story. Um, I also, which I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I know I've told you that like voices are really important mm-hmm. to me. And so on this season, there's one guy's voice that like irritates the shit out of a lot of the girls. And it was so funny because Steven and I were watching it and he started talking and he's actually, he's a, he's a cute looking guy, but his voice is like just, you wouldn't expect that voice to go with like that guy right Mm -hmm. because he's like this big burly guy with like this tiny little mouse voice and as soon as he started talking I was like oh my god I would like totally write him off based on like just the sound of his voice Mm -hmm. and then a couple of the girls later were like his voice is just like so annoying (laughs) I was just like oh god I'm so glad I'm at the old (laughs) not just you there was one guy on there that was like asking questions to figure out girls weight yeah and I was like this guy sounds like a total fucking asshole (laughs) I know exactly he's like so would I be able to carry you on my shoulders yeah. at a concert. <laughs> he like tried to make it sound romantic, but no, like it in was... actuality, he's like, "How much do you weigh?" Yeah, yeah, so bad. Which I mean, come on, dude, you're going on to the show. Like, don't ask those fucking questions. Exactly. Like, just yeah, enjoy the process. You know what you're getting yourself into. Um, the other show that I've been obsessed with is Pam and Tommy. Oh yeah, we watched some of that together. Yeah, yeah. So. I really like it. Unfortunately, I heard that they did not ask for consent from Pamela Anderson to create the show. Um, okay. And apparently she's pissed and she's like putting up a fight. Because of how they portray her? Yeah, because apparently she didn't know it was being made. And so she doesn't like I. I mean, I don't think she was portrayed bad in it, at least yeah. so far of what I've watched. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would feel pretty personal for somebody. But yeah. Because it's, it, I mean, people are going to look at that as reality, too, I feel like. And yeah. it could change people's perception. But also, they have a kid together. Yeah. So, I mean, I wonder if she's worried about her son watching that or, you know. Yeah, I don't know. And obviously, like, it's it's a show based on on true events but it's still just a tv show so like you don't really know exactly what's the full truth and what's not the full truth right Mm -hmm. um and obviously with her without getting her consent makes you like really wonder what the what's actually true and what's not true that she's like pissed about the one thing i do like about the show though um is the fact that obviously it's about like their sex tape getting leaked um, which is like how they like both really, really rose to fame because of this leaked sex tape. And what I like about it is the um, conversations that are made in the show about how Tommy Lee is like so much more carefree about his sex tape getting leaked because he's a guy. It makes him look cooler, where it makes her like it starts to put her career in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. It starts to make people think really poorly about her and mm-hmm. like act really bad towards her. And so you see those two opposite ways that something that sex can like, 
I don't know the yeah. word I'm looking for because I'm blanking. But it's like a double standard, yeah. and it's also yeah. like people have a different perception of a men male with a sex tape versus a female with a sex tape. Yeah, for sure. So it shows her like make that argument with him about how he's not taking it seriously enough to like get it taken down mm-hmm. because he thinks it makes him look cooler. Well, and he and seems like such a tool, such a prick. Yeah. I always heard he was a prick, and this show definitely makes him look like he's a prick, so I'm <laughs> believing it Yeah. Now. We also, this just made me think of the other show we started watching together, the Playboy show. Yeah. I can't remember what the name of it was, but that is so intriguing to me, too. Yeah, we should watch more of that. It's probably yeah. out. Um, speaking of which, Crystal Hefner, um, who was married to Hef when he died, who also has Lyme disease, if you didn't know. I follow her on Instagram, mm-hmm. and she just did a post today, actually, and I'm going to read it because it totally has to do with that documentary. Oh, really? And I was like, hell yes, girl. Okay. So this is her post she put on Instagram. It's a little bit long, but it says, I was a part of Hugh Hefner's world for over a decade. By the time I left, it had been a third of my life. I was with him through wild times, calm times, and all the times in between up until the day he passed away in September 2017. Hey, that sounded like a rhyme. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that day was very hard. I have lost a lot of people in my life, and death is a difficult topic for me. I chose to be more private over the years because I'm an introvert at heart, and while the mansion in some ways was a sanctuary, in other ways I was exploited like never before. I've been on the fence about telling my story because it's complicated and conflicting in ways, but I think the best way to tell it is to be 100% honest and transparent so my lessons can hopefully help you too. I will tell you about my life and how my upbringing and years leading up to the Halloween party where I met Hef was the perfect storm that whisked me through those gates. One of my therapists, yes, I've seen many to try to make sense of it all, said, it's like you went trick-or-treating at a house and then weren't let back out for 10 years. It was kind of like that. I'm ready to tell my story. I'm ready to tell you what it was really like, how my personal path led me to Hef's Shangri Law and what I wish every woman would know. I will share how power, greed, narcissism, and a girl's quest to feel loved, powerful, important, and have a sense of belonging led her down a dangerous path. More than anything, I longed for freedom from what I found myself in, and after experiencing the grueling opposite for 10 years, I finally found it. I'm still trying to heal from what I went through, but I am ready to share the journey. I've teamed up with one of the best literary agencies in the world. They've written with the best of the best. For them to put down the pen for the Dalai Lama and pick it up for me, I am internally grateful. The story of my life being part of Playboy and Hef's world and the last piece of the puzzle yet to be placed is coming soon. Wow. So shit's about to go down. It's crazy because that stuff gives me chills. I know. I have chills too just like reading it. Yeah. I just feel for for these women who people almost think that they ask for certain things or they have no right to be upset or – I don't know it but I think like it is a path of self-discovery and like she probably didn't know how she ended up there mm-hmm. or what got her there and I don't know it's I think that the show is very intriguing because of that and you think about so many things that people go through for years and years and years and don't realize the actual damage it's doing to them mm-hmm. until way later on in life mm-hmm. so it's like it happens to everybody mm-hmm. with different things that you go through some things can seem like they're so great and helping propel you forward and then 10 years later you're like that fucked me up yeah well and it's so interesting too because these women may have been like very aspirational for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and I think that it's nice to hear their stories after the fact just because it just shows like you don't really know what's going on um yeah yeah and so I love that she is going to share that story to help other people. I would love to get her on our podcast. I know that's probably a big stretch, but she did actually just go on another Lime podcast. That's like, I don't, I mean, they're, they're pretty big in like the Lime space, but um, she just went on there to tell her journey about Lime. And wow. so I was like, it'd be so awesome if we could get her on this podcast. That would be so cool. Manifesting so. it right now. <laughs> I'm bringing it up right now. <laughs> Um, the other thing I just wanted to share with the listeners was just, um, cause I've had a lot of people asking me about 
Arizona and a lot of people asked me about bee venom therapy. And so I did want to give an update. I think I kind of said it on social media, but not like hourly said it, that my timeline for Arizona is now April. Mm -hmm. I think last time I said something about it, I think I said June. June. So I did want you guys to know that it's now beginning of April, beginning of April. Hopefully I will be there by like the first week of April Mm -hmm. officially. So five weeks away from now. Um, So, yeah, that's an update on that. And then as far as bee venom therapy, actually, I do kind of want to say something about this because I got a very weird email. Okay, so bee venom therapy. I still very much plan to do this. Um, It's just the things keep happening. And bee venom therapy is one of those therapies that when you start, you have to start Mm -hmm. and you can't like stop if life gets in the way like you have to keep going and it's like a two-year thing Mm -hmm. so I'm really just trying to not start it until I'm really comfortable with like where I'm at and obviously with this whole potential move thing happening I'm not not potential oh sorry with this whole move (laughs) thing happening (laughs) she hates when I say that no I just subconsciously I just do it because it hasn't happened yet so yeah get it (laughs) it is happening I subconsciously say it. I don't even notice. Okay. With this move happening, I don't want to start it and then like have to take a few weeks off when I'm moving because I know it'll be a lot on my body, blah, blah, blah. So I plan to start it once I get there and settled. Um, It'll be good because I know a few people that actually live in Phoenix that have done it. So they'll be like right there to be able to help me and it'll all be really good. I know it. But funny enough, I got an email yesterday so when I had first announced that I was going to do bee venom therapy, I did a GoFundMe yep. for it because um, obviously I was broke as shit and I had had somebody donate randomly like not that long ago. So I did that GoFundMe like a while ago, like a, quite a few months ago. And then randomly, like I want to say maybe maybe two months ago, I had somebody donate, it, donate to it $150. Did not recognize their name. They put their name in there. They didn't say anonymous, but I had no idea who they were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's random because I haven't posted about my GoFundMe in a while. Um, but like, thanks. And then yesterday I got an email from GoFundMe saying that they're refunding this person. The wow. $150. And I was just like, is that not weird? Yeah. So it was like to find out why this refund is happening please click here and I clicked here and it's like of course all those like FAQ help articles that like really tell you fucking nothing yeah um about all the possible reasons GoFundMe might be refunding and I'm just so confused because I'm like I don't even know who you are was this like a mistake donation yeah or like are you mad because I haven't Haven't started started. bee venom therapy yet that you're like fuck you I'm taking my money back yeah like I'd Because, like, that kind of stings a little bit, if that's why. Because I'm, like, (laughs) like, you didn't have to donate. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just so weird. I've never seen that before. It also made me nervous, though, because I've heard a lot of bad stuff about GoFundMe lately. Like, how they're, like, taking money from people. Like, (laughs) like, I I don't know the whole drama, but there's a lot of drama going on. So, as soon as I saw that email, I was, like, oh, my God, like, are they going to start refunding, like, everybody? Because, yeah. like, obviously some of this money's already, like, been processed and given to me. Yeah. I've already bought bee venom therapy stuff with it. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So anyways, that was that something random. That is so weird. Maybe they did just donate to the wrong GoFundMe and they realized. Yeah. I don't know. That's so So weird. But Damn. I was like, okay, bro. Can I have your money back? Can I have your like, money back. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so weird. But it also just made me nervous, I think. Like, I'm fine money-wise now, but it did give me anxiety because I'm like, what if I had still been in my place where that really fucking helped me and I had used it and then you're like, no, bitch, I want it back. Yeah. And then I, you just fucking, like, took $150 from my account yeah. and fucked me. That's you know? so interesting that they can do that. I know. I didn't even know that you really could. You'd think could. that there would need to be a certain window and it, like, you shouldn't be able to withdraw the funds yeah. prior to that And, like, window. it's been, like, a long while since yeah. this person donated. Damn. So I'm like, 
someone was pissed. <laughs> like, sorry. They're like, I was hoping for some bee venom therapy content. <laughs> Give me my money back. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know what that was about. But anyways, you can have your money back. It's fine. I promise you I'm still going to start someday if that's what you're pissed about. But whatever. It's your money. I don't need it. It's fine. Um, I also wanted to mention that I'm still so confused about social media in general and what I feel like, yeah. how I feel about it. Okay, Do- I'm so curious about that because <laughs> I, I can't wrap my mind around why you would want to get rid of <laughs> Healing Jess and just start a new page because I'm like, why the fuck not just post whatever you want on Healing Jess? So I think there's just this like overwhelming expectation that I feel with that page now. Because of, like, the following that it's grown, the content that I've posted for so many years has all been chronic illness. Like, I've posted here and there of random stuff, but it's mainly been chronic illness. Yeah. And so I think I just feel an overwhelming expectation from people. And, like, if I don't post, I get messages. Are you okay? Where are you? Like are you still doing bee venom therapy? Like all of these like fucking questions all Mm -hmm. the time. And like, don't get me wrong. I know most of you are just doing it because you care and you want to know I'm still okay. But it just brings that expectation on even Mm -hmm. more. And I get really, really, really overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize people would message you and be like, why haven't you posted? Yes. People literally get worried if I don't post and they're like, where are you? And I'm like, okay, bro, just trying to live. I'm just trying to keep my fucking head above water. Yeah, I know. I've been so MIA on social media <laughs> lately, too. But I don't get messages like, bitch, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> they don't say it in like a mean way. It's yeah. more so just checking in like a sweet way. But it still yeah. overwhelms me. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't want to have this expectation that I have to show up this certain way. Like, this is my Instagram page. Yeah. I can do what I want to do. Yeah. And so I think I just feel a lot of pressure from that. And I just feel like the new page, obviously, that wouldn't be expected. But I go back and forth all the time because I'm like, it's also my page. I can do whatever the fuck I want. It doesn't matter. Like, that's an expectation that's drawn from other people but it's also an expectation that I feel like I'm putting my on myself right yep so I go back and forth about it all the time and I don't know what the fuck to do so if you guys are like seeing me post on one page and then on the other just deal with it now (laughs) because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing (laughs) yeah I know I've been like trying to wrap my mind around why you would get rid of healing Jess but I didn't realize you would get messages like that too but I I mean I kind of understand the pressure but then I also think the same thing as you like it's your social media like you can post what you want and like if that's not cool with certain people they can see their way out you know what I mean so it's also overwhelming though to think about how many different versions of myself are uh-huh. on that Instagram I totally page? Feel you on this. Yeah. And that also is a big part of it. Yeah. Because that has been my main Instagram page for years. Since 2011 mm-hmm. when I first got Instagram. Yeah. And I'm not telling you to scroll all the way back, so please don't. But if you scroll all the way back on my Instagram account, I live an entirely different fucking life. And like, yeah, it was me and it's still always going to be a part of me, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I hate to fucking look at it sometimes. Yeah. And knowing that it's there is so daunting to me. I just almost want to just like erase those old versions of me that were like figuring their shit out and didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Even though everybody goes through them, it's fucking normal to do that. So I'm like putting a lot of pressure on myself. Somebody messaged me and was like, well, why don't you just like archive all of the old posts that you don't like? I'm like, that would literally take me three whole days of sitting in my bed, probably. <laughs> to archive. You have any fucking posts I have on my Instagram? Like it makes you more anxious to think about it. So you'd almost just rather start fresh. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, realistically, I could do that. But yeah. that would take so long. Yeah. If there's an app out there that allows you to easily do that without Instagram thinking you're using a third party and denying you access to Instagram, 
that would actually like help me archive all my old posts and I would be willing to do that but I don't know if that app actually exists yeah you know it's funny because I feel like both of us have really evolved with the way that we do social media over the years and I do think that it's it's cool to look back and to like reflect on that. Um, but it does definitely feel overwhelming. It almost feels embarrassing. At yes. Times. <laughs> it feels embarrassing. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely get that. But then also when you kind of brand yourself a certain way or niche down, which, you know, if you listen to the experts, like we did like years ago, you're just posting one type of content but then you have this pressure to post that one type of content and not be able to post anything outside of that. And I even feel weird, like having shifted gears from like fitness to alcohol to now I own another business. Like, I'm just like, I really don't know what I'm doing, but I am confident in the fact that this is like, it is my page and I can post what I want to. And I feel like I can, I don't know, have a good balance of my life on there. You know, it's like, living alcohol free isn't the only thing, but it is still part of it. And I do like that I can still use my social media and share that story and still connect with people and get messages from people. And like all those resources and things I've created are still there um, because I know that they help people, you know? So yeah, that is one thing with like the new page. I was like, shit, there is actually a lot on the old page that I wish I could have on this new page that mm-hmm. like I can't just like easily transfer over. <laughs> so archiving sucks. would be easier, but you'd <laughs> still have to go through everything. It would take a very long time. Um, oh, I was going to say something else. Um, oh, I was going to say, I also kind of have this feeling and I don't know if you feel this way too, that like Instagram influencing is kind of dying. And I don't know if that's because of this whole like metaverse thing that's happening that's like distracting everybody but I feel like we're kind of passing the like prime of this whole Instagram influencing and so I feel like when that was so heightened the niching down was so important and now it's like not as important Mm -hmm. and I remember seeing like people that would do like lifestyle pages which was literally just them posting whatever they were doing in their Mm -hmm. life right and I remember being like how the hell did you make this page so fucking successful just like by posting cute selfies yeah you know what I mean of like you doing just average everyday things and like nothing else whereas like you and I were both so hyper focused on our specific niches for so long because that literally is what they told you to do Mm -hmm. to be successful (laughs) And so I feel like that's kind of what I want to like go into is more like just posting what like lifestyle stuff, like whatever the hell is happening in my life, being able to post that. Um, But yeah, I think right now my mind is just like so confused on how to get myself away from feeling like I need to do that niche posting. And then if you scroll back through my Instagram too, you see like all of the different like colored filters that That I've tried out. That also drives me nuts because I'm a perfectionist in like the aesthetic of my Instagram feed. Nobody else probably even cares, but I care. Yeah. And when I look at it and it goes through like seven different color filters, I'm just like, makes me want to (laughs) die. Yeah, I definitely do feel like a lot of creators are reaching this point of burnout because they've felt the need to create a certain type of content for so long. And I think it's cool that a lot of us are at a point of reflecting right now and really questioning that and pushing back and being willing to do our own thing because at the end of the day, like we are all just people um, and people can connect with that. Like we can have tons of different sides to us. And that's what Instagram initially was, was just sharing kind of your life. And I mean, I'd say that that's kind of what I'm trying to do is like a good balance of it all but then I I still feel the pressure to post content yeah like when I've been at my mom's I'm like fuck I haven't posted anything I feel like I need a post but then I'm like I don't need to post but it's just this pressure and then like you get online to like kill time or whatever Mm -hmm. and then you see everybody posting in like these viral videos and you're like fuck I'm kind (laughs) of failing you know so I mean the comparison thing comes in a lot too it's helpful to talk through it like with you though obviously because I know that 
you're in a very similar place as to like how you're feeling with it yeah um because we both did it so hard for so long and now we're both at the point where we're like shit yeah life's different than what it was and how do we like transform that with our instagram pages Mm -hmm. too and feel okay about it Mm -hmm. so i think i think it helps knowing that like you're struggling with the same things and then you're just like okay well whatever i'll just keep the same page yeah it convinces it convinces me or makes it a little bit easier for me to be like okay well fuck it i'll just do that too yeah you know what i mean so yeah totally oh it's tough though (laughs) instagram is so stressful sometimes yeah so i had somebody i don't know if i mentioned this actually before i might have but i had somebody message me on my tiktok telling me i should post more um lime related stuff on tiktok like they literally were like you should use this page for more lime awareness and they're like you i create a lime awareness they they do they do have one and like i know it came from like a nice place but it immediately rubbed me the wrong way because I'm like, this is my TikTok page. Mm-hmm. And I've always made it clear whenever I've talked about my TikTok, like my TikTok page is just whatever the fuck I want it to be. Like there mm-hmm. is no structure to my TikTok. There is no specific postings about anything. It is just whatever I decide I want to create. Yeah. And that time, that day, like, and whatever's happening because it's fun. Yeah. And that's what it was meant to be because Instagram felt so structured and so fucking like I had to show up and be this like professional fucking person all the time talking about this one topic. And I was like, no, TikTok's going to be whatever the fuck I want it to be. Yeah. And what do you know? I'm more successful on TikTok right now. Well, so. <laughs> and on TikTok, like when you share about your chronic illness or Lyme disease, you're like, these videos flop. But they when literally I share do. about my relationship. Like everyone's into that. And I think that TikTok does allow you to kind of evoke those emotions and things like that. And yeah, Yeah. I think TikTok is fun too. Um, I actually the other day was kind of dying because I feel like TikTok is the same thing. Like I don't take it super seriously. Mm -hmm. And I actually did... I actually I made a dancing video on TikTok. <laughs> you did? Well, this was a long time ago, and I yeah. ended up. It was like the bounce with it, drop with it, lean with it, rock with it thing, and I sh- was sharing tips on like how to deal with FOMO if you do- like don't drink. Well, this like really big Instagram page, a sober girl's guide. They sh- reshare a lot of my TikToks, and they fucking shared this dancing video of that I posted only on TikTok on their Instagram. And I'm like, <laughs> I commented and was like, I never thought my dancing would make it. I don't even know what video this Instagram. is. I have to go watch it now. Yeah, but it was kind of I probably saw it, I assume, because I see all your content. But yeah, it's just not sticking out to me because obviously your dancing does not bother me in the way that it bothers you yeah so. <laughs> I just feel like I am I can take TikTok a little bit less serious yeah and just like I wouldn't be embarrassed by posting that video um so yeah yeah and I think that just is like right there that shows the difference between the two platforms and like how we personally feel about it because mm-hmm. I'm like I will post some weird shit on TikTok and I'm just like whatever like I see some funny things on there and I'm like I don't need to be my serious self Mm -hmm. on tiktok i can just be whatever version of me is there today yeah you know and like that's what i like about it it feels so freeing Mm -hmm. um until you work really hard on a video and it gets like 10 views but (laughs) that's kind of a little degrading at times but other than that it's pretty frustrating it's fun you're like i thought this was gonna do really well (laughs) but then it just it but honestly though like that kind of thing hurts bothers me less on TikTok than it does on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I'll post things on Instagram that are not Lyme chronic illness related and it'll get like nothing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, like you guys clearly are only here for the chronic illness. You guys don't care about me. (laughs) You know what I mean? You only care about my chronic illness. (laughs) You don't care about my fucking lunch today. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel you. Um, I did want to mention something. Uh, so one of the most recent episodes we did was about mixing business with booze. And I just wanted to share that I got a text from one of my former coworkers <laughs> who I 
like the stories that I was telling, um, she was definitely a part of a lot of them. And she was like, I just listened to your podcast episode and like totally going down memory lane. And honestly, after that, I was like, I feel like I didn't even tell the crazy stories. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, I didn't You always tell. keep it tame. I know. I totally did. And then I was like, damn, I could have told so many more stories, but I just thought it was hilarious to hear from somebody I used to work with. Oh, man. So moral of this episode is that there are people we know listening to our podcast. (laughs) They are listening. (laughs) And we need to be more careful about the shit we talk about. (laughs) Oh, God. It makes me, like, nervous about previous episodes that I'm like, they're not going to (laughs) know. Like, they're not going to listen. Yeah. Yeah. You get one message from somebody and then you're like, what other ones have you listened to? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're like, wait, do you listen to all of them? Oh, my God. <laughs> so so if, if you're listening and, yeah, you know us, we would, we'd love to know you're listening to the podcast. Yeah, to be honest, I feel like, I mean, we know people listen to it because we can see the views, but mm-hmm. we don't know who you are in, like, a lot of, like, we don't get a lot of, like, messages or like tagged stories like sometimes but not like a crazy amount so yeah like, we really don't know who you are if you're listening and so sometimes I think we get caught up into thinking that this is really just a conversation between the two of us which is what it was supposed to be like yeah that's why we started this podcast mm-hmm. is because of our conversations we're like shit sure we'll just record them put them out there but like we really do want to know who's listening yeah. to us yeah we so message us Comment on something. Tag us in Instagram. Leave story. us a review. Leave us a review. <laughs> uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram. We, yeah, we're never gonna do more TikToks, so you don't need to follow us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we will. We were just talking about how TikTok's great, but with if I move or when I move, sorry, not if I move, when I move, it'll be even harder to do TikToks together. So it'll have-, have to be just like repurposed of our own content on our TikTok page. So sure, follow us there. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, share it on your Instagram stories. Tag us. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week.